All right, everybody, this is In Liberty and Health, episode number 216, and today I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. We're going to talk all about getting jacked, staying jacked, and all that good stuff, so uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share the video, do whatever you're going to do. I'm on all major streaming platforms, all that good stuff. Um, check out the links below for all your favorite supplements from Tiger Fitness, LMNT, and also go to foxandsonscoffee.com and use code Kyle at checkout, and without further ado, let's go. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, dude? Doing great, man. How about yourself? Excellent. I uh, got a good uh, deload leg day workout in and I'm um, feeling pretty good. Um, I announced on Twitter I'm going into a little bit of a bulk, but uh, you know, not, we, we can uh, talk about that a little bit later. So um, I guess for the audience, go ahead and give an uh, introduction to yourself, what you do and who you are and all that good stuff. Awesome, man. Uh, well, I'm Jeff Lee. I'm the owner of Monstrosity Strength and Performance. It's an online training program uh, platform. I've got a couple of different things that I do on there, but uh, one-on-one training. I do some, a little bit of group training uh, and also do some e-books. But uh, also a high school teacher. I'm a special ed teacher. I uh, am a strength coach at the high school. I've been in the strength conditioning field for 20 years. Uh, started at the Olympics Center in Marquette, Michigan. I was the head for boxing. Helped out with Greco wrestling. Then I went down to the Citadel. I was the basketball guy down there for a year. And then went to Yale for a couple. Uh, worked with like 12 different teams up there. It was an awesome experience. And I was a director at two other schools, uh, Canisius College and Southeast Missouri State. And then I ended my college stint in 2011. Uh, just to kind of tell what that was like, it was I, basically I went into my boss's office and I said, well, my son's going to be born in 10 days. So he's in Louisville. Uh, I'm in Missouri. So here's my resignation. <laughs> Didn't have any kind of job prospects or whatnot. And just upped and moved and you know, uh, got into online training shortly after that because I had some of my guys that were baseball and football kind of reached out to me. They wanted, you know, they just wanted something else because they liked how I did things. So <clears throat> I trained a few of those guys. And then uh, about 2016 and 17, I uh, got into like the jiu-jitsu Muay Thai space, uh, trained a, a guy that's a multiple-time world champion, his name's Johnny Buck, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, uh, Matt Scaff, who's uh, a tenth planet guy out of, out of Alabama. And kind of just from there, things kind of spiraled up and had a bunch of guys that was helping for free. And I finally was like, guys, I got too many of you. Just need to charge you a little bit. So uh, kind of that's kind of where I'm at, and that's why Monstrosity Strength and Performance exists right now. Oh, hell yeah, man. Well, that's awesome stuff. Um, it sounds like you really got a uh, diverse background, not just like powerlifting, bodybuilding, or anything like that. It sounds like you've really been all over the place. Um, was there kind of one that brought you into the uh, fitness field? Because I'm sure you, much like everybody else, you kind of like know you should do it, and then one day it just finally clicks, and you get the bug, and then you just can't stop. So what was that moment for you? First of all, it was in – I think I was in eighth grade. I went to this basketball camp at the University of Northern Iowa. It's, you know, fat kid from Illinois that's short. <laughs> was was a gift of the basketball whatsoever. But the guys there were kind enough to tell me, you know what, you, you should probably lift weights. It'll probably help you out. So it started with that. And my dad owned a stereo business when I was a kid. He owned stereo. He did own his own business. Um, it was a stereo business actually under my bedroom when we started off. But he moved across the road and uh, – he uh, picked up cell phones. He's like, you know what? You need something to make some money. So I was like, okay. Well, how about a, how about you have like your own soda machine? And, you know, you pay for it and, and you do all that. So I bought my first uh, Weeder weightlifting set. It was a Weeder double stack weightlifting machine. It stuck in my basement. I wore the thing out in two months, and they ended up replacing the thing entirely. So like they couldn't believe that it was actually worn out. But I wore the thing out, sent them pictures. So they sent me a brand new one. So that was like the, the real thing that got me the bug. And then, you know, in high school, I had a basketball coach who cared enough about me that just saw I love lifting weights. It's like, you know, why don't you go be a strength coach? So I picked it up in college and uh, studied exercise science at Western Illinois University. 
and then got my master's at the Citadel as well. So really a couple of things that got that bug was I figured when you feel success and you feel like this is this is something that's moving me forward, then shit, mm-hmm. it's, it's an easy one. You just fall right in. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's um, really, really awesome. It seems like a lot of the guys who kind of go and get their master's in some kind of fitness field, it's impressive the knowledge they have, but it's also kind of interesting now because it seems like the whole internet has become so decentralized and like this is for better and for worse. Um, you have such easy access to good information, but with that good information, you also have um, readily more available access to bad information where Absolutely. now, you know, everything is a fad now you know you have every single fad diet out there and for some reason you know whatever you're going to eat whatever you put in your face is going to kill you no matter what um when you start taking on clients do you ever find yourself trying to have to like unscrew their brains and say like hey you got to like get out of this mindset of like diet dogma because i see that with a lot of people and i think kind of this short form entertainment that we have in front of our faces all the time really doesn't help yeah, I think it's initially getting them just to move to, to whole foods and to get rid of you know, like the convenience foods, even like a protein powder. It's not optimal. You know, it, it fits into your in your diet wherever you need it, but is it is it absolutely optimal? Absolutely not. So getting people to actually want to cook, you know, the cooking aspect I think is the biggest thing. You, know, you start to take ownership over your food, then that starts to starts to give a little bit more buy-in on your own because they now start to make things taste a little bit better. So there's, there's always ways to make diet food taste better. And once you kind of figure mm-hmm. that out, everything's just kind of this downhill roll. And you can kind of get into a, into a, into kind of a, uh, you know, into a rhythm. But I think initially you gotta, you gotta start off with one meal and master one meal and then move forward. Because it's for someone that's just off the street and you're like, Hey, five meals a day, do X, Y, and Z. That's a tough one. Right. So start with one meal a day, master one meal a day. Like, I, like, I'd like you to do it do that for two weeks and then you start to build on that but you gotta you gotta build habits and you gotta build success success breeds success breeds success yeah absolutely and um the one thing that i've always found interesting is that um you know our society doesn't have like a losing weight problem we have a maintaining weight loss problem yep. where yep. because it's not a it's not necessarily like a calories in or research problem we have all the research we've done the studies over and over again seeing that okay well if you're an if you're in an energy deficit for an extended period of time you're going to lose weight but the problem is what are those behaviors that keep you doing that till you get to that sustainable point where you're healthy and you're in better shape um that part that's the trick um i'm guessing you probably deal with a lot of that in your uh, business yeah for sure i've got one guy that's been with me he's about two years and from last year, we really brought him down pretty low. He was down to 163 pounds, I believe. We started him at 190. Wow. And we built him back up again this year, but we brought him down to the same body fat level. He's seven pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. So it's with him, it's you can really build a metabolism if you take your time and you add food in slowly and let your body, you let that body weight accumulate and kind of kind of sit and then you add more mm-hmm. into it and you let it sit and you add more. It's not a, it's not a one week process. It's a 12 month to 24 to even 36 month process to be able to do that. Like mm-hmm. myself, I've lost 70 pounds over the last couple of years, and it's been easy for me to maintain because of that. It's just mm-hmm. you, you get to where you need to be, then you start to build your metabolism and you let it kind of take off. And then the next time you come back down, you don't have to, you know, it's not, it's not as hard of a process to cut down. Like you're not down to 1,200 calories in, in your two hours of cardio. Mm-hmm. It's not like that the second time around or the third time around. So it's mm-hmm. really, you gotta, you gotta slowly be able to add back in the food. Like, I, I like the carb cycling approach. Like for me, it gives me a day where it's 750 grams of carbs. Protein is kind of minimal, but mm-hmm. I get I get a meal at the end of the day that I really I really want and I'm craving. But then I have these medium days that build muscle, and I've got these low days that that build that burn fat. So it's kind of you're able to build. I think you're able to build more tissue that way at a leaner rate. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's really really that's interesting. I've. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I found that a balanced diet as of late has worked for me. But, um, you know, one thing I kind of had to come to the realization of is that trying to stay lean consistently, like leaner than I've been, because much like you, I lost 70 pounds over the course of the last couple of years. Um, and, and like I did the carnivore diet for a little bit that didn't work. And now I'm more of a flexible dieting advocate. But like, you know, trying to be in a deficit consistently over time, I started noticing that like I was picking up snacks every here and there. And I was frustrated because I wasn't losing weight like I hoped. And so it finally hit me like a ton of bricks over this last week. I'm like, you know what, I just I, I have to do some kind of bulk, I have to go on an extended period of time, where I kind of not 
completely disregard body composition, but I need to focus on building tissue and rebuilding my metabolism rather than just trying to constantly cut weight, cut weight, cut weight, because your body fights back. We think that we're smarter than like the rest of the flesh that we inhibit, but we're not. It, it comes back to bite us a majority of the time. If you sit there and tell your body, you got to be leaner, 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 eventually it's going to say, okay, well, the next time there's a piece of cheesecake or chocolate cake in front of your face, we're diving in, whether you want to or not. I, th I think with that process, it's giving yourself that one meal a week that you're really craving. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's God. I'll go out and have a burger, you know, a milkshake, dog fries, and I get home. I might have a giant cookie, and for that, I'm good for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. Like, like kind of like you, I've been in this kind of deficit period for the last year, year and a half, to where now I'm about as lean as I want to be. You know, I've got stride, you know, I've got veins popping out of my shoulders. I got veins popping out of my triceps, and I'm, I'm good for right now. So I want mm -hmm. I'm next. Probably six months, I'm just going to add back your calories, take my time on this, and do it right. So I'm excited for that part because I haven't tried to build a ton of muscle yet. Like, I've just, I've always been a big guy. Like, shit, I was 320 pounds, you know, 10 years ago. So yeah. now, at, now at 220, 230, things look drastically different than what they do. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's, so it's, it's, it's a very cool process to kind of see. And you, and you kind of learn tricks along the way as well to kind of keep yourself on that track. So mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. Like for me, it's I could eat a jar of dill pickles to sit down and, it, and it's no harm, no foul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've definitely found that, that, that the uh, bags of pickles definitely come in handy when you're dieting. <laughs> um, so like with some of your clients, um, um, usually people don't go to a trainer because they're like, hey, I'm too skinny. I'm lean. I cannot gain any or, you know, I, I like I'm getting so much muscle. Typically, people go to a trainer because they're like, hey, I'm a fat POS and I'm trying to lose some weight. Um, where do you typically start people? So let's say we have a client that comes up to you and says, Hey, I don't resistance train at all, but I want to make an improvement. What does that client, like, what does your recommendations to them look like? You start off with, with three days a week of training and it really is what, what equipment do you have available? I've got guys that are body weight only. Mm -hmm. And if you want to tell me that someone can't build muscle doing body weight only training, you're not doing it right. So right. it's, you know, I, I was trained her and a guy named Terrence Mitchell. He passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a tragic thing, but like that dude was calisthenics and kettlebells. And his first program he sent to me was all calisthenics. And man, mm. that shit works. I'm telling you right now, you do it in high enough volumes, it's not something that's going to completely bury you, but uh, it'll build muscle. So, first, is we do a needs assessment. We do a needs assessment. Like, what do you have available? What time are you willing to commit to this? And then what's your, what's your current diet look like? Because I'm not going to go out and drastically change your diet. Hmm. Ready? Give me one second. <laughs> Sorry, my four-year-old just popped out. Oh, that's but okay, we, man. But we take that starting point, and we just we gradually make changes. That's what I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. is, I've got guys that are gym owners, and they just love to train. So, it's, all right, well, we're going to tweak your training a little bit, and they kind of do the diet on their own. So it's – I really have a, a wide array of – I have a wide array of what I do with different guys. And, uh, it's, it's exciting for me. Can I give you one second? Can you give me one break? Yeah, man, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, brother. Oh, you're good. Um, so while he's taking a break real quick, um, yeah, it, it's – I like his approach of doing three days a week because I find that like two to three days a week for people who are new to training is actually a pretty good start because like if you can stimulate your muscles twice throughout the week, then that's like, I don't want to say optimal, but it's a good starting point because your muscles can, you know, kind of receive the stimulus, a good stimulus about twice a week. Right. So like I train my body four times a week, except for I do like a full body pull and a full body push. Um, if you want to go real crazy, you can obviously do six days a week. I've talked about a lot on this channel. You could do the push pull legs. Um, you could do like a full body split five days a week. Um, I think that three days a week is actually really, really good. Or just trying to like get people to improve their diet one step at a time. And, you know, we have to make the barrier to greater health as low as possible, right? So if I go up to somebody and tell them they have to start eating like I eat, where, you know, I spend an hour or two on Sundays packing all my salads, cooking meat and all this other stuff, they're not going to be able to do that just because that, that's such a big, drastic lifestyle change. Um, 
if I tell them, hey, could you maybe just try to up for some leaner meats, uh, drink diet pop instead of regular pop, um, try to limit the amount of sweet, you know, creamer that you put in your coffee. Maybe you go to some artificial sweeteners or, you know, natural calorie, non-nutritive sweeteners. Um, that's a reasonable change. If you say, hey, just get into the gym, maybe once or twice a week, maybe do some push-ups and some body weight squats and other stuff like that. It's a great place to start, right? Um, you don't push somebody off a cliff because they're not going to be able to stick to it. You know, most people can't grow wings on the way down. Um, so I think Jeff is good here. We will bring him back in. Cool, man. You all right? Oh, you're on mute. You might want to unmute yourself there, brother. There we go. There Can you, you hear go. me now? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he never stops talking from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed. Mm -hmm. um, I've never had, I have four boys. And he's the only one that never, ever, ever, ever stops talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that's awesome. It's uh, it's good to hear that you're raising four uh, guys to go out in the world and hopefully be a strong Jack gentleman. <laughs> that's, absolutely. I, I've got my nine-year-old in the training now. He he Because I'm at the high school during the summer, you know. He's like, I want to lift. It's okay. So he's like, I want to trap bar deadlift. He's watching my, uh, these kids do it. He's like, I want to do that. So, all right, we worked him up a little bit. He did 135 <laughs> for wow. a single. And then he benched 55 for two. So it's like, I got high school guys that can't bench the bar, and you've done that for two? That's pretty awesome. So so now we've kind of gotten him into that now. It's 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 a really cool thing because he, he's like me. He's just a bigger kid being younger, and he's he just eats it up. He's going to be a monster when he's done. <laughs> yeah, 135 at nine years old. Jesus Christ, is probably more than him. And then you know, obviously, as you get older, um, you can – you know, probably deal with more training volume, but like, uh, obviously to a point, but like, you know, right now I'm 28 and, yep. um, you know, I'm doing 500 pounds on the trap bar deadlift for three reps. Awesome. Um, my goal now with this bulk is to work my way up to 580 pounds, um, on the trap bar deadlift, um, 400 pound squat and a 280 pound bench press. Those are kind of like my metrics and I'll probably end the bulk around 210 pounds right now. I'm probably in the range of like one nineties. So that's, that's kind of the goal. Um, do you have any younger clients? Because it's interesting that you said you got your son kind of into training. Because I think some people, the conventional knowledge is, oh, my God, you can't train kids. You're going to stunt their growth. Um, what's your thoughts around that? You should start as young as you possibly can. My uh, my six-year-old has trained with me off and on since he was three. And it started off, he would just go along and he would try to do pull-ups on the side of the stairs in the house. <laughs> and then, like, I started training kettlebells in the basement, you know. During the, during the lockdowns of COVID, and he, he there's I have an 80, and right now he'll just go down there and pick that up with one arm and just kind of rip it, mm -hmm. and he'll deadlift it. So it's <laughs> it's it's really cool to see. Um, but I've got a high school kid that I train virtually. I train him by email, like I train the rest of my clients. But he's put he's a sophomore in high school. He's added added five pounds, not five pounds. He's added five mile an hour to his velocity on his fastball. Whoa. Um, he's he fanned 12 guys at, at this this showcase a couple weeks ago. Like he just loves to train. His dad reached out to me. He's like, you know, I want, I want to do the nutrition part. I said, like, well, we're going to do the whole thing. I want, you know, I'm not going to just do one. I want to, I want to be able to control variables. So he sends me videos. He sends all this check-in stuff. Like it's it's a really awesome process to see because he's just he's wired different. Like you get these guys that are just wired that way, where mm -hmm. where all they want to do is move forward, move forward, move forward. And I've, I've got some guys that I used to work with coaching wise. I was like, I, he wants, he wants a throwing program. What can I give mm -hmm. him? So they've given me some guidelines. I'm giving them to that. And, and he's just, he's just taking off, man. It's exciting. But I, I think, I think that kids should train like gymnasts. Mm -hmm. You should do calisthenics from the time that you are coordinated enough to do a push up. Mm -hmm. And you should, you should start that and you should build a base. Uh, I, I, I'm partial to gymnasts because my son's a gymnast, mm -hmm. but like that process in, in itself builds like tremendous bodies, like they're strong, they're, they're mobile, they're flexible. Um, and they've got some pop to them. So you should jump, you should do some calisthenics, you should sprint, you should play. These are all things that you should do. There's a book. I cannot remember the author of it, but it's from, it's a Soviet era book called children in sports. And it outlines how they trained like young people. And that's once I read that, that's what I wanted to do. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's I've actually never even heard of that book. Um, I think that's probably really, really important because I'm sure you know as you get older, you do tend to get a little bit more tight, you lose flexibility, especially because you just develop these habits. Like right now, I'm sitting at a desk, you're sitting in a car, and you know, we develop 
kyphosis, the rounding, you know, of the upper back and kind of your head goes down. We're always looking at our phones and stuff like that. So I feel like probably the earlier that you can get somebody to kind of get a little bit more flexible, develop their core muscles, you're going to save them probably a lifetime of back pain and then also kind of set them off already like with good behaviors to keep them on a good path. So that way they stay strong, resilient and healthy for the rest of their lives. 100%, man. Um, you asked me a question earlier about where I kind of set people off on. Yeah. Uh, I went on a tangent talking about calisthenics for people that, that <laughs> don't okay, have any yeah. equipment. But like for most people, I train them on a full full body type of training system. Like there's a system called the tier system and you can, you can Google it. There's a, there's a book for it, but the tier system is what I use when I was in the college set. It's mm -hmm. total body every day, but you have a different emphasis on each day. So one day is going to be your total body day, which you start off with like, that's, that's your deadlift. That's your clean. So you're going to start off with that day. Then your next day, it's going to be your upper body day. So that's going to be your bench or your bench derivative. Mm -hmm. And then your last day is your lower body day. I always call it Big Squat Friday. And that's that's your basis for that day. And everything else gets kind of layered on top of that. So it kind of looks like this. It's a total body, upper body, lower body rotation. Mm -hmm. And as you move through that rotation, you get into more isolation work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, it, it, that almost kind of sounds like a push-pull legs routine, which yeah, – yeah. um, yeah, you could even do except that like six days a week. it's total body every day, and you get away, from, mm. you get into isolation work the further you get uh, Okay, so, so basically those three days of the week, you focus like one day is going to be more pull focused. I'm like you're deadlift, and then you know one's going to be a little bit more push focused, one's going to be a little bit more squat focused. Yeah, let, let me kind of give you like what a total body day would look like. Sure. So you're going to deadlift. Deadlift say it's going to be up to like a heavy set of five. Then your next movement is going to be an upper body movement. It's like for me, I like I like heavy tricep work for that one. So it's going to be a close grip bench. And I'll pair that up with a row, maybe a dumbbell row. And then you got your lower body movement. Like for me, I like higher rep single leg work during, the, during that tier. So it makes sense to do something like a walking lunge or, you know, a rear foot elevated split squat. It's a, it's a good one for that. And then you throw, and as you go back into the tier again, you go back to upper body. I'm sorry, back to a total body again. And for me, I like to jump that time. So now we're going to do box jumps. So we've gotten strong. Now it's time to be explosive. It's time to be an athlete. We train like we're athletes. We're going to look like athletes. And you finish up again with another upper body type of thing. Like it might be some kind of shoulder isolation. So it's total upper, lower, total upper, lower. It's kind of how it, how it, how it flows. But then you, as you go to like day two, it would be upper, lower, total, upper, lower, total. <laughs> so it's, I like how it flows because um, you, you get a balanced approach to everything. Yes, I think what happens with some people, and I'm kind of sometimes dealing this with my own program, because um, I do a full body pull and a full body push. So like all the pushing muscles one day and then all the pulling muscles another day. Um, the only problem I really run into is that when I do heavy Romanian deadlifts is that my hamstrings will sometimes be sore for days and days and days, which surprised the hell out of me because I mean, I'm pretty strong at those and I'm pretty strong at deadlifts. But yeah, my hamstrings will be tap for sometimes almost a week after doing yep. you know just yep. like four sets of those with sufficient intensity 100 it's that's one of those where it's kind of like that in good mornings also kind of do the same mm. thing you know yeah like i hate i hate good mornings but i love being good mornings like mm. it, like i'm just kind of strange like that but like a, like an rdl fits really well on that squat day because it's mm. it's kind of just it's like that it's that kiss goodbye you know <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah i mean you'll definitely be cooked after him at least i know i am and i don't do them with a belt either i do my deadlifts with a belt but um when it comes to the romanian deadlifts because i'm not using as much weight then i typically just you know try to utilize my core a little bit more um i had a back injury a while back so that's why i've kind of gone to mostly trap bar deadlifts so you know maybe that's a, a good question um what is your opinion on trap bar deadlifts it sounds like you're partial towards them but um, in my opinion, it seems like those are a lot more idiot-proof than regular deadlifts. And for most people, they're never going to compete in anything like that. So it's probably better for them just to do trap bar. Yeah. Um, for athletes, I like them especially because it's mm -hmm. more squat-focused. Sure. Um, it's more it's more quad-focused than what you get on, a, on like a sumo. I, like I really prefer sumo deadlifting over everything else. And mm -hmm. people are going to say, well, that's cheating. Well, I look at a lot of people's deficiencies. Their adductors are a big deficiency in a lot of people. So your groin, if your groin's weak, the rest of you is going to be weak too. Um, so your groins and your your groin and your hamstrings are the two areas that I think should be the strongest on you. Mm -hmm. um, and some people might disagree with me, but I could really care less because I've, I've kind of I've got 20 years of where I've seen this and I've seen it translate into less injuries. Um, I don't care if you're a recreational basketball player 
or if you're a Division One basketball player. If, you, if you're adductors and your hamstrings are strong, you're staying off off the injury list, you know. Mm. But um, like I really prefer sumo deadlifting, um, and even there you can kind of mess with some things with some ISO holds. Like you could pull it to the knee, hold it for three seconds, and finish it. If you're really concerned about like hurting yourself, so you make you can make the lift more difficult to keep the load off of it, but still get the same kind of strain out of it. So, but in terms of what you asked, I think trap bar deadlifting is good. It builds it builds a squat more than would, would build a deadlift. Um, but it's also it's a great movement though. And like you say, it's kind of it's kind of idiot proof. You can step into that thing and not you know throw a disc out your ass. You know, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So when it comes to like um kind of uh when people go through your program and let's say they get to like a goal weight um do you have them consider a bulk or do you have them maybe do like a little reverse diet or do you say hey we're going to maintain here like what does that look like once you kind of get somebody down to where they want to be because i've seen you have a ton of transformation pictures and it looks like the people look absolutely fantastic um you know after they kind of went through working with you yeah so it's 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 case dependent um, many of my guys are weight class dependent, so they're Muay Thai, they're Jiu Jitsu, and they got to stay where they're at. Mm. But that saying, it depends on how lean you really are. So you yeah. could. It's breaking up a little bit there. I'm sorry, man. My back. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. But like I said, we can do a couple high carb days and bring that weight back to where we need to be. I'm more concerned about body composition than what I am body weight, mm -hmm. unless you're body weight dependent. Sure. But, you know, we can do a couple of high days a week. Like I had my client, Nathan, like we just got out of that. It's a pretty damn hard diet. Like he was down to 50 grams of carbs a day and it was all off vegetables at the very end. And man, he was, he was hurting, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's like, that's the level of leanness he wanted to get to. So we had to do what we had to do. Um, mm -hmm. For him, we're doing two high, two to high days a week. And then the re his the rest of his days aren't really super high in terms of carbs or calories, but we're going to start building it back up. And it'll be, like, like you say, a reverse diet, but it'll be a little bit more aggressive than what we did the last time because I kind of understand what kind of calories he can handle. Mm -hmm. Like towards, yeah, the end, towards the end of his, you could call it a bulk towards the end of it because he wanted to push to 190 again, which is where he started the first time around. Uh, he was up to 700 grams of carbs a day. And that was mm -hmm. 500 on his low day. So, I mean, yeah. he didn't he, he didn't get sloppy, and that was the cool thing about it. So I know what kind of calories he can handle, but now it's I'm taking a little bit different approach to it. And we're going to take more high days than what we do, medium or low. But we're just – this is week one back in after his vacation. So didn't really answer your question. I think it's case dependent. It, sure. And what do you really want to do? What do you really want to get out of it? If you want to put on five or ten pounds of muscle tissue, then we can be more aggressive on it. But understand that that's also – for an, unless you're geared up, that's a – so if you get on a cycle yeah you could be 10 pounds heavier 12 months from now and it's it's all lean tissue um but to do mm -hmm. it as a natural guy it's a slower process that makes sense i didn't really answer your question because i think it's my answer is always it depends mm -hmm. yeah no, no, no. well that's there's, there's what i many, found there's too many variables yeah. Yeah, what I've found with people who know more in the nutrition field, they'll be the first ones to say it depends. And um, this kind of goes back to a conversation that we we're having a little bit earlier, where, um, you know, this TikTok generation and just sound bites yeah. that, you know, just drive through information, throw me the food so I can eat it and kind of move on. Um I think people kind of set themselves up for bad expectations where they really think that, Hey, I could put on all this lean mass or, you know, they're just telling me, Oh, if I just cut carbs and I'll be fine. If I just cut fats, if I just do this, if I just do that, when usually it's like, no, there's many, many different behaviors and situations that you're going to have to put yourself into in order to optimize, you know, one specific thing. Cause if you try to chase two different rabbits at once, you'll catch neither, but you know, Hey, maybe we could get you leaner and into a better body composition or maybe we could put on a couple uh, pounds on your deadlift and bench or stuff like that, but you're going to kind of have to choose your goals. But, you know, when you have just TikTok telling you that, you know, if you just cut carbs or, you know, take dry scoop your pre-workout, then you'll be uh, good to go for anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's like cutting fats is the last step for me. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's one of those things that boggles the mind because you're like, oh, well, it's only, you know, hundred calories, but mm -hmm. you cut fats out. And I'm telling you right now, things change like that. 
it's it's unreal. Um, so that for me is the icing on the cake. It's the last part of that process. We've done everything else. We've thrown every lever that we could throw. We, we you know, we've, we're doing step counts now. Our hit cardio is probably 30 minutes a day. Uh, most days of the week, we're lifting five or six days a week. Like that's the last lever to throw. And that's only for like a three or four week period. It's not, it's not something that we do for an extended period. Um, unless you actually have to get on contest stage. And I don't, I don't have any of those guys that need to do that. Most of my guys, like I said, uh, try to break arms and get punched in the face. But, um, <laughs> but if you want, if you want to look good, that's the last lever you want to throw is to pull those fats. Mm. Yeah. So do you have a problem with clients seeking an unrealistic body standard? Because um, I, I know like we as guys simply don't talk about this kind of shit, but I do think a lot of guys have an unreasonable expectation for what they're going to look like when they get to a specific weight. And typically it seems like whenever they get down to a given weight where they think they're going to be shredded, they're very, very disappointed because they realize they don't have as much muscle as they thought. Yeah, that's um that's the kind of mind trick as you play on yourself. It's like, you think you're a lot leaner than what you really are. And then when you get like, when you get down to that weight, it's like, Oh, I've got about 10 more pounds to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, that. this is going to suck a lot worse than what I thought it did. Mm-hmm. Um, like for, for, I've got some guys, it's just like one day they're gung ho. And the next day it's like, I'm done. I, and like, we're, we just got going, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, if you asked me, you you came to me specifically and asked me to get you a shape. And then you got one day into training and you tell me you're done. I don't think I don't. But you're either all in. Some people are either all in or they're all out. It's hard to get them into that median ground. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Um, what's your opinion on like the supplement industry? Because it really seems like it's blown up over the last couple of years where like, you know, Terkesterone and all these companies that have pre-workouts and all this other stuff. What's your uh, thoughts surrounding the supplement industry today? You get, uh, I think we're having a little bit of connectivity issues. Um, yeah, it's really interesting that he uh, kind of went to school for all that stuff. And um, I, I get my thoughts on the supplement industry now is that we have a lot of companies that I think over promise and under deliver on a lot of stuff, which ultimately is detrimental because I think the same thing kind of happens with diet is where people will get prescribed a diet or hear about a cool diet on TikTok, YouTube, Joe Rogan, you name it, wherever. And they think that if they just do this diet for long enough, then, um, you know, they're going to get the desired results they want. They're going to get super lean. They're going to get this. They're going to get that. But then they get to that point and they're very, very upset. And what they think is there has to be something wrong with them, not that, you know, they were sold a bill of goods, which when I, if I were to sit here and tell you that this machine fuel behind me, you know, you buy all your supplements from Tiger Fitness, that it's going to give you all the results. And, you know, if you just take their whatever stack, then you're going to look like Ronnie Coleman in three weeks. Well, (laughs) more likely that's not going to happen. And I'm setting you up for failure by doing that. Um, it's a real issue when, you know, we're really baking in a lot of high unreasonable expectations into a, um, into a diet plan or anything like that. Because once again, we then basically tell people that there's something wrong with them. If this given plan does not work, um, yeah, hopefully he kind of comes back here soon. I think he was having a little bit of connectivity issues on his, uh, drive home, um, yeah, so uh, lots of cool stuff going on, though, with the podcast. We're going to have uh, some cool guests coming on next week. And like I said, we're going to do a little bit more live streams. I think he's back in here. Uh-oh. We'll give him a second. He's got the black screen. You had your camera there for a second. I can hear you, but I can't see you. There you go. <laughs> hey, man, I'm so sorry. Kentucky's got these, I got these hooks and hollers right here. 
<laughs> no, dude, you're good. You know what? Um, yeah, my buddy uh, lived in Murray, Kentucky, okay. and uh, I went down there um, when I was in college. And I got to say, that was like absolutely beautiful area. Yeah, Kentucky is an awesome place, man. Uh, mm -hmm. Especially like the horse farms and mm -hmm. man, it's, it's it's beautiful, man. I love it down there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so yeah, thoughts on the supplement industry? Um, it's hit and miss. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that you're that you are getting good product from where you're going. It's, I see you're sponsored by Tiger Fitness, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mark Mark does a good job. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sponsored by First Detachment. Uh, it's mm -hmm. Justin Harris's pro, um, company. You just need to be very, very careful um, in where you're getting your product. Uh, honestly, uh, I've been a, a guy that's been with True Nutrition for a long time, Dante, Dante Trudell's company, mm -hmm. and I've never had a problem. Um, yeah. But you just, I, know, I think there's too much stuff out there, and mm -hmm. we need, things need to be based, you know, brought way down in terms of what kind of things people take. Um, yeah. You need vitamin D, vitamin, you know, a good multivitamin, creatine's good. Um, and if you need like a, a boost before a workout, I think nothing's better than a, than a cup of coffee and, and some L-tyrosine. It mm -hmm. really can, it can ramp you up and, and L-tyrosine is good for the brain. So it's, mm -hmm. um, those would be the things that I would go with. But again, you need to make sure that you're sourcing correctly. Yeah, I think um, what I was saying while you were disconnected there is that like a lot of the supplement industry, I feel like a lot of people kind of market their stuff. They mm -hmm. completely overhype it. And then the problem is that people, when they don't get like these insane results, then they think there's something wrong with them rather than they were sold yeah. a bill of goods. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> typically you want to, in my mind, you want to look for something that's marketed responsibly. Like mm -hmm. uh, somebody that you're probably familiar with as well as uh, Lane Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love Lane because he's very, very responsible in his marketing. And he's also very, very well read. Yeah. And you, you know, you're not going to get bullshit. Like same deal with Mark. Mark does the same thing. He's not telling you mm -hmm. that you're going to look like Ronnie Coleman yep. tomorrow if you just take this supplement. Anybody yep. that tells you like you're just one trick away from meeting 100%. your goals, 100%. they're they're usually charlatan. Yeah, nothing fixes just being being in it for longer. Mm -hmm. This right. one more one more day, one more hour, one more meal. Nothing fixes. Yeah. Nothing nothing is better than that. Mm -hmm. So people need to 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 get out of the this this. Things are going to be better in four weeks and think mm. about what, what things are going to look like in four years. Right. Like, like we need to be long sighted, not short sighted. Think of, think of things in, a, in an Olympic cycle. Like mm. how, how much drastically different does an athlete who's pretty special at the national level than, mm. than as a gold medalist four years later. Like, how, like think about that kind of process that they had to take. And all they had to do is show up and train a little bit harder. That's all they had mm. to do. So it's, we need to think in the Olympic cycles and not think about, you know, four weeks from now. Like, it's easy to do something for four weeks. Can you do it for mm. four years? Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a, literally, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, no, I really, really like that perspective because uh, the one thing that I know Lane had always said was uh, when it came to his legs in his early bodybuilding days, he said, all right, well, I'm going to give this 10 years. And if I can't build my legs, then I'll pack it up and quit and go home. Yep, and yep. I think that's the perspective that people need to have. Like if I can't get a yep. six pack in 10 years, yep. then I'll pack it up and, yep. and you know call quits and go home. If For I can't sure. build bigger biceps in five years, then I'm done. Like you shouldn't yep. think that. Oh, I'm going to be able to do this in a year. Like when you got your newbie gains, you'll get, you'll okay. get a decent bit. You're yep. going to get the most muscle you're ever going to get in the course of that first year. Yep. But like, that doesn't mean you're done there. You still have yep. so much potential. It's yep. just going to come to you a little bit slower and you're going to yep. have to work a little bit harder. You have to turn some knobs and optimize some stuff a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And if that's not something you're willing to do, that's okay. But just accept that you're, you know, that may be reflected in your results. Yeah. And it's, it's being short-sighted and it's, it's not giving yourself a chance. Like give yourself like take it take a chance on yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> like there's a lot more in there people think they train hard okay <laughs> yeah like you've got more like there's mm -hmm. days where i'm like oh i gave it everything no i didn't mm -hmm. you know <laughs> i had another set i just decided not to do it <laughs> like it's there's there are different levels to this like i've, I've started a, my own little podcast thing and I've, i'm i just interviewed victor black yesterday and Victor Black is very controversial. And we talk more about the natural side of things. And like, he's like, well, you know, when you start training, it's 10 pounds of tissue the first year. And it's eight, eight pounds. And it's probably four pounds. And it's one pound a year after that. Can you settle with one pound? He's, he did it. He's like, I did it for 20 years. Can, I, can you settle with one pound a year? <laughs> so it's, it's a really, I liked, I liked his perspective on things. 
It's it's mm. like just go in and do it, do the thing, and just have some fun with it. <laughs> and then go ahead. Oh yeah. My, well, my perspective on this has always been like training isn't just something I do. It's part of who I am, right? Mm -hmm. Like I go to the gym because this is just something that I will always do. This is something that's made me who I am because I, you know, I would still be a 250 pound fat fuck Mm -hmm. if I didn't go to the gym consistently and I didn't know what it was to train. And then even like, you know, I've been working out for over 10 years, but like I didn't really take it seriously until about almost four years ago now. And then it's really incredible to see the progress you can make when you really dial things in and you understand your programming and are actually kind of like keeping a loose track of things. Yeah. Like for me, I've, like I told you earlier, I started training when I was 12 Yeah, and I never really stopped until I started, I started teaching um, in, in Louisville, which is, mm-hmm. you know, 50 minutes from my house, both ways. And I stopped training those those, three, those two years that I was there. And then the following year, we had a baby, you know, new baby in the house or whatever, make an excuse for myself not to do it. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I've never been more suicidal in my life. But getting back into it was the best thing that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. Because it, all those demons that are inside of your head, you can just shut them up. All mm-hmm. you got to do is the work. You know, that's the greatest mental health that you can possibly do mm-hmm. is to train your ass off. Yeah. And I, I've heard Dave Tate say this. I've heard numerous people say this, like, it's your therapy. It's your time for your therapy. And it really is. But for me, I am not the same person if I don't train. <laughs> like it, and it's not, not anyone else's fault, but mine. It's just, I've got to get, I've just, I've got things inside me that have to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's my frustration. Well, I like that perspective as well, because it's the idea of enlightened self-interest where you understand that you cannot help other people until you've sufficiently helped yourself. Right. So like, I have to go train because it's my me time. Like, I'm not going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to turn my music and fucking blast it and get really, really into it. Lay it all on the floor there, at least to the best of my ability. Because like you said, sometimes there are days where we're just like, I'm, I'm, you think you're training hard, but you know you got more in you. And then you go for like that last set of squats and you're able to dig yeah. deep, that kind of stuff, yeah. pull out the smell and salts, whatever you got to do. <laughs> That's the stuff right there. Now you're yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that is your me time, right? Because mm-hmm. this is the time where you focus on you and this is you against yourself and everything that you're battling <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You lay it there and then you're able to kind of move on with your day, right? Mm-hmm. And those four days a week for me where it's probably maybe five hours and then plus like walking in the morning yep. and other shit like that. Um, that's really the time where I'm able to just kind of be with myself and my thoughts. And, you know, I'm, I'm a married man and I work as an auto mechanic. So shit's yep. stressful sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, you're a father of four. So um, you know that shit's sometimes stressful. So like this is completely necessary for you to help the people that depend on you. Yeah. Like for me during the school year, I'm up at, I'm up at four or seven every day mm-hmm. and my day doesn't end till 11 PM. So it's, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, I, I'm sleep deprived most of the year and I could really care less, you know, cause I, but for that, I, I do that mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm great. Like it's like, even my, my dad was kind of joking around with me. He's like, you made a much better homemaker than I ever thought you would. It's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> It's like, well, you get up, you take care of yourself every day, then you take care of the people you love. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a it's a backhanded compliment, and I like it because I like to give backhanded compliments. <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of the way that, uh, like, men communicate to each other, though, right? Um, uh, there's that little uh, meme that I'm sure you've probably seen before where, like, these girls are, are at the top, and it says that they're, like, they're complimenting each other to their faces, but then the girl turns away and like, oh, she's such a bitch. And then guys, like, we see each other, oh, you fucking asshole, uh-huh, you're a jack off. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then as soon as he walks away, you're like, he's a good dude. <laughs> like, I like that guy. Yeah, That's exactly absolutely. the way it is, though. Absolutely. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's our love language. I really believe that. <laughs> I really believe it. Like, I've, got a, I've got a guy at work, my, my buddy Nathan, who I train. Hmm. I made up this awful story about this year about he was missing a leg and he also missed an eye. He lost an eye in a bar fight mm-hmm. while he was a cop. And I had every teacher in the building hooked on this. It's like, mm-hmm. they're like looking at him. I was like, oh, I made it up. Like, <laughs> I'll, just do, I'll do anything to bust his balls. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. M- most people don't understand that. And, and like coming from a blue collar background, yeah. it's all about, and I think this is more than just like, 
kind of busting balls. I really think this is part of like the way that men communicate on yep. a more innate level. You want to see what your coworker and what the people in your direct vicinity are made of, because okay. you want to know if you can depend on them. Okay. You want to know like if you throw everything you got them, if you fuck with them all day, every day, and they're good, then you're like, I can depend on this dude. Like we're, we're going to go out and like, if we got to go into battle or something like that, he's going to be right beside me. He's going to be fine. He's good under mm -hmm. stress. Mm -hmm. But if you see them cracking and they're oh, screaming oh, and yelling, then it's you're over. like, uh, it's over. get out of here. Like I'm I can't done. trust you. <laughs> it's over. I'm done. I'm done. The fun's over. Now it's, now it's not fun. Now it's me picking on you. It's now it's yeah. not fun. <laughs> I want to be fun for me. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's awesome though. Like it's, you got to have, have a group of people around you that you can trust. Mm -hmm. um, because you can't always go to your significant other and tell them all the stuff that's in your head. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. sometimes it's some pretty crazy shit. Yeah, well, not only that, um, I have a friend that's like trying to meet women and stuff like that. And he's asking my wife for like tips on dating. I'm like, why are you asking my wife for tips on dating? Like, why don't you ask yeah. a guy about tips with women? Because, you know, guys have to go get women. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> women typically don't go get women. So they're not going to tell you how to date a woman. Like, uh, this seems pretty intuitive to me. But, you know, us stupid guys, we do it. We do shit like that over here and there where yeah. we go up to a girl and think, okay, well, you know reasonably you would think that a woman would tell you exactly what a woman wants, but they don't even fucking know what they want. Yeah. 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 We're, we're kind of, like it's, I think that women just want to know that they're loved and men want to know that they're respected. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's come down to me. The last, that's been my revelation the last 10 years is, mm -hmm. you know, love the, love, actually love the person that you're with and genuinely love them from the bottom of your heart. But if there's not that reciprocation of respect, then that's a tough one. Yeah. it's hard to swallow that it's hard to give it's hard to give on both ends you know what i mean mm. <laughs> so just, yes. seeing, just seeing people's failures and successes this is kind of what i've, I've noticed i've been married for god this will be 16 years this year mm -hmm. that's the things i've just noticed just from being around people <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i got you so um, i guess kind of on that topic as well when it comes to your boys um i i feel like this is such a odd topic and no one really knows until they're kind of in the midst of it but like the world that we live in now is so like anti masculinity and we get a lot of platitudes about that, but like no one really gets to the point of like, we want to make men better for the sake of men being better, not just to provide women better life, but we want men to be better. So that way they're better leaders overall. We don't want better men for one specific thing. We just want better guys overall. Um, what do you kind of envision for your sons and how do you think you can best, or what do you think, what would you tell somebody in how to raise a son in a way that would best facilitate them being better leaders? That's, That's a loaded one. question. Yeah. <laughs> like it's truth above all else. You mm -hmm. need to find the truth and everything. And if you could do that, you're a person of high caliber as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, man but it's just do your best every day mm -hmm. and, and don't and be honest if you if you weren't your best mm -hmm. because if you are your best every day and there's there's multiple areas of your life that you're going to be good or bad at like your personal mm -hmm. relationships you know tr put throw training in there because that's what we're talking about mm -hmm. um but your job performance your school performance all these different things so are you able to have a conversation with somebody and reciprocate that conversation if you're not good in, in all these areas then you need to be better. You need to be 1% better. So mm -hmm. it's truth, honesty, do your best. And if you do all those things, then I think everything shakes out. Uh, but mm -hmm. ultimately you can only control yourself. Mm -hmm. um, my boys are all wildly different from one to the other. You know, my oldest, if I yell at him, he kind of cowers. Mm -hmm. My middle two could care less. And my youngest, he's, he's four. We never been to that point, but he's just mm -hmm. a nut. But it's treating them as individuals and I heard this quote a long time ago from, from a radio host named John B. Wells. It's um, empowering someone, empowering the individual to be an individual. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing. You can't be somebody else and be genuine. You need to be mm -hmm. you like I said, and be honest, do your best, and everything's going to shake out. But you've got to be yourself. Like Even as a coach, I had guys underneath me that are trying to coach like me. I'm like, man, that's not you. You aren't me. They see through this. They see, they know you're faking. Mm -hmm. So if you don't come in here and be yourself, then you'll never get over this first hurdle, which is to get the buy-in. You got to be you. Mm -hmm. So be the power of the individual to be an individual.
I think that's shit. That's the only thing we all need to be. Gotcha, <laughs> <No>. man. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay. Like it's the most important thing because society is trying to, to homogenize all of this into these little androids. Mm-hmm. We're all just, oh, well, do, 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 do. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I'm told and this and that. Well, it's not, there's time for that. There's time not for it. Mm-hmm. But if you know deep in your soul that something's wrong, should you go along with it? Like that's yeah. kind of my question. And that's mm-hmm. why you need to be an individual and you need to seek truth everywhere. I, I, hope, that makes, I hope that makes sense. No, 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 it does. It does. Um, we, we're coming up on an hour here. So, um, you know, I'll throw you uh, one more question. Well, a couple more questions and we'll uh, close her out. Yeah, um, what does health look like to you? Whew. If you if you look at a bodybuilder in comp- contest level condition, they're not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different parts of health, though like the mental health part of it, there's some people where nothing will ever be good enough. So it's mm-hmm. getting them to accept that they are good enough. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's, a t- that's an individual thing as well. Um, health to me really is, can I, can I run? Can I jump? Can I play? Can I not be gassed out <laughs> when I'm done? And you know, yeah. if you run, jump and play, if you're gassed out in a time period that doesn't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. So, so I've been in that part chasing around kids and like, oh, 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 this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was to me, my first cue that I wasn't healthy. Yeah. Um, but also the, the mental health thing I see is the biggest one. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not in it, in your headspace between the ears, then it's impo- almost next to impossible to get your body in order. Mm-hmm. So you need, you need, and I hate the, the, the obese person needs to love themselves. Like I don't, you know, the, the 600 pound woman needs to love herself. Do you think they don't, they, they don't know how to love themselves. Mm-hmm. So getting them to first accept that something's wrong and then find that way to get over that first hurdle. That's the love part. I think it's, I'm not me. <laughs> I'm something else that I'm not. Right. I hope that makes sense. It's, I kind of zagged there, but there's the mental health and there's the physical health is you need to be able to, to run, jump and play. Um, and you don't have to beat LeBron James. You just need to be able to to not want to go sit in a lawn chair after 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I think that's totally fair. Um, what do you got cool going on in the future? Uh, where can everybody find you? Where can everybody support your work? And uh, anything you want to plug? Yeah, man. So uh, you can find me at, at Monstrositus on uh, Instagram. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, Monstrositus Strength and Performance, where I put up uh, a little bit more information. I've started a, a podcast recently called the Monstrositus Minute. Uh, which will be on YouTube and Rumble. Um, I've got the owner of Born Primitive coming on next week, uh, Bear Hanlon. He's coming on with a couple of my former colleagues. And I've got Justin Harris on next week as well, who's a nutritionist. So starting to do a little bit more of that. Um, I've got some programs available. I've got a, a kettlebell and calisthenics program, which is an absolute bear. So if you are on minimal program, min- minimal things, it's it's the one for you. It works with dumbbells too. But I'm telling you what, 45 days, it will kick your ass. You will look radically different afterward. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are the things I'll plug. And uh, I think a lot of this, the, the fitness stuff is you got to feel it to understand what's, what's inside someone's head and what's inside their capabilities. So that's my easiest entry point. 995, it's, it's a no-brainer. And you, like I said, you follow that to a T, shit will be radically different for you 45 days later. <laughs> Well, uh, hell yeah, man. I really, really uh, appreciate you coming on, hanging out. I definitely enjoyed the chat. Um, Same here. Likewise. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. I'll make sure I uh, got all your links and everything in the description below. And uh, yeah, man, if you don't have anything else, we'll close her out. I I really appreciate your time, Kyle. God bless you, brother. Of course. You too, man. Bye-bye.